love hitting the highway? It's time now for Road Trips Australia with The Dark. Broadcasting through Blue Collar Media in partnership with Top Parks. There's a Top Parks holiday for every family budget. Plus, become a Top Parks G'day Rewards member and save even more. Visit topparks.com.au. G'day and welcome to the very latest edition of Road Trips Australia, an Aussie travel podcast produced by Blue Collar Media in partnership with Top Parks and proudly sponsored by B of Goodrich Tyres and Great Divide Tours. Every week we go into detail of Australian road trips and the attractions along the way, the must-do stop-offs, tips and information as well. We'll also put the spotlight on a Top Park caravan park that you can enjoy on your very own road trip. The facilities, the services that you can expect, the accommodation options as well from caravan, camping sites to those beautiful on-site cabins and a whole lot more. This week our road trip takes us along the Oodnadatta track in the South Australian outback with all the must-dos thrown in as well. We'll also head over to Perth and take a look at the Carrying Up Waters Resort with the uh, lovely Laura from Top Parks. Now you too can be a part of this podcast just by sending me an email. To do that, just go to bluecollarmedia.com.au, click on Email the Duck. You may have a road trip of your very own that you want to share with us and you may want us to look at that one, certainly we're happy to do that. Just go to the email, bluecollarmedia.com.au, and click on Email the Duck. Well, he's had a pretty big week this week, driver training, standing there with his hands in his pocket and watching what's happening and pointing his finger around, even building windmills. Vic Widman, g'day. <laughs> yeah, g'day, Duck. It's been a pretty full-on weekend, and uh, I chopped it off today with a little bit of uh, fairly major road building too. Uh, had a big scraper going down the road out the front, of our training centre, and so I was down there coordinating that, pointing fingers and telling people where to go. <laughs> yeah, of course, I did see that <laughs> on the Facebook page, and don't forget, if you want to have a look at uh, what Vic's been up to, you can just go to his Facebook page, um, Great Divide Tours, or look for him, just send him a friend request. He loves friends, Vic Widman, and while we're at it, check out the YouTube channel, the new YouTube channel, Vic Widman, and there's plenty of tips on there and video with a bit of humour thrown in. Victor, how is the YouTube channel going? Oh, mate, going really well. Um, we've uh, we've been posting up a couple of little tips and tips and techniques and uh, and things of that nature. Um, so it's going well, I think. I've got 170-odd subscribers, so um, something's working. Maybe it's our, our listeners out there that you've been talking to and talking up my YouTube channel, so I'll uh, the check's in the mail, as I say. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, we're giving a few plugs on the radio for you, so obviously a few people are popping on. So, how many subscribers now? Oh, I think I've I think I've topped the, topped 170 last time I looked. So oh, right, that's pretty good. We only started up a couple of a couple of weeks ago. So. Yeah, all right. Well, that's we're good. Getting there. Oh well, yeah. well, it's very useful information. So, um, so we'd love to uh, share that information with people, and they can get on there and check it all out, mate. Just tell us a bit about the windmill. Well, yeah. Look, mate. Dur- during um, during you know, some of our, our lockdown periods we've had, we've some of us have had too much time on our hands, and I, I happened to see this uh, email come in, which is probably one of these you know bloody annoying emails you get. Anyway, it was all about advertising that you could have your own garden windmill. So I thought, beauty, I could do with one of them. So I got the biggest one I could, which was all of eight foot high. There was about 150 pieces to put it together. It only took three of us six hours, and uh, <laughs> and we finally got it all together. Um, to be honest, um, 
I'm, I'm going to concrete it into the ground because I, I just have a feeling it's going to take off with the winds we get down here at the training centre. So we bought some concrete today and uh, we'll be putting that into the ground over the next couple of days. But, you know, it's a, it's a little ripper at the moment. Mm. No, very good. <laughs> very good, mate. Very good. All right. Well, the road trip this week, we've had a few crackers. We started off way, way back with the um, Great Ocean Road. That seems like a long time ago now and we've been everywhere around the country since then. But this one... This is yeah. one that's a bit of a this, this road trip. It's a bit of an off-road trip. Well, it's not off-road because it's dirt, but it's still on, on the sealed road. But it's a good road yeah. trip nonetheless, and plenty of people opt for this. I know a stack of people who are actually planning a trip along there now, and then they'll make their way up and do a desert crossing, I think probably next year now. But um, the Udna Data Track, mate, it's certainly one that everybody should check out. Oh, look, for sure, mate. And, you know, look, when we look at South Australia or... Uh and the road network in there, um, you know, South Australia, I mean, I, I don't mean to be cruel to South Australia, but, you know, they don't have a lot of major roads through their their, their state. The, the Stewart Highway cuts right up the middle. Um, but they actually have some pretty good tracks. I mean, they've got the Birdsville track, uh, they've got the Strasleggy track, and they've got the Unidata track. And, you know, each of them could be a road trip in themselves. But I thought that we today we'd talk about the, uh, the fantastic Unidata track I think out of those three that I just named, I actually think it's probably the best one because there's a there's a lot of things to see along the way, a lot of variety. Um, so for for our listeners, look, mate, it, it, you probably would kick off out of Port Augusta, so you know, three hour drive north of Adelaide, up along the Spencer Gulf, up to Port Augusta, and then you saw it head a little bit uh, northeast from there, across to the uh, the beautiful town of Corn, which is on the edge of the Flinders Ranges. The reason I call it a beautiful town, Duck, is that uh, it's got lots of fantastic uh, old buildings, old stone, sandstone buildings that were built around the the, uh, the late 1800s, in fact. Uh, the old railway building there, and of course the courthouse, the police station, etc. the town hall. Look, you know, there, there are some beautiful old architecture if you're into that kind of stuff. And um, and from, from Corn, continuing due north uh, along the western edge of the uh, the Flinders Ranges, you come to another beautiful t- little town of Hawker, which is really the gateway into the Flinders. I think we spoke about a trip, a road trip around the Flinders a few mm. few weeks ago, didn't we, mate? Yeah, we've been we have been down in this area, not so much the, this area, but we've been doing a lot of stuff on you know in Victoria and South Australia of late. So yeah, no doubt that we've, I oh, no doubt we've yeah. touched on that. That's for sure. Yeah, and look in Hawker itself, uh, I reckon one of the must be uh, must things to see in Hawker is that there's uh, an artist in there and um, it's uh, it's right opposite the service station, right opposite the general store at the major cross section. Um, there's uh, lots of artworks on display but it's a big roundhouse. In fact, there's two big roundhouses and when you go inside that, it's actually a panorama and the, uh, if you can imagine the building, as I mentioned, is round and you can walk around inside and that wall, that outer wall is one giant mural and um, he's done two now uh, one, one of Will Peter Pan and one of a, another view in the in the Flinders Ranges and uh, that's very small entry fee, $5 or something to go in and have a look at it and uh, mate, it is, it's truly spectacular and it's something that you want to do when you're passing through. The, um, the road uh, from there continues north and go up past uh, one of the most famous hotels Prairie Hotel at Parachilna. Even John Williamson sang a song about the Prairie Hotel 
at Parachilma. And um, it's, uh, it's a great place to stay. And that road's all sealed up through there, so you can get up there in any kind of vehicle that you might be driving. Um, the old railway line that used to go up to the, uh, which is the, the Udandatta railway line, uh, which follows the Udandatta track, that's the old Garn railway line. It doesn't do it, doesn't follow it any longer. They've gone inland along the Stewart Highway now. But in fact, the Udandatta track was put into service, that old Garn railway line, which they started building way back in the 1880s. Um, and in fact, it was supposed to go all the way through to Darwin, but nothing ever made it up to Alice Springs. And then it wasn't until they built the new garden railway that it actually made it all the way up to Darwin. And, um, and the last train ran up the old railway line, I think it was about 1982 or something like that, which is not all that long ago. I can remember it, so it can't be that far back. Mm. <laughs> and, um, the day, your the, Subaru days. And back in my Subaru days, mm. that's right, mm. yeah. But the, um, but, but that, that, the fact that the road follows that old railway line is what adds to the colour and the flavour of doing this, this road trip because um, all the way along there, there are various stone buildings, settlers' cottages, uh, other workmen's cottages, uh, refuelling points for the old steam locos that used to run up there. And, of course, they're in, in ruin now, so they, they make quite an interesting stop and, in fact, scattered all the way, the whole entire length of what is the Udnadatta track, which is well over 400 kilometres long, uh, are relics to the, uh, the the old days of the railway line, mate. Um, heading heading north of uh, of uh, the Parachilna and the Prairie Hotel, you go through uh, another bit of our history. Is that hopefully in the old coal mine, which used to feed the power station down yes. at Port Augusta, which has now been demolished as of only a couple of years ago, um, and they've done away with that that power station and. Um, You'll go past uh, Copley and Lee Creek, and Lee Creek's uh, one of the places to get fuel, and you will see the big open-cut mines and the big slag heaps, uh, et cetera, along the edge of the road. That's, that's a, a really big mining area, or used to be, I should say, and Copley itself, and I think you've been into Copley and mm. seen it now as an abandoned town. Mm. Even Lee Creek is almost abandoned now. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, well, actually, Lee Creek even more so because that was the major commercial centre mm. around yeah, there. Quite amazing, and really. I mean, it was very. Look, I think a lot of the homes there now are probably gone. There was a lot of those relocatable homes, but you, when we were there, yep. we we're driving through like neighbourhoods with you know gardens and green lawns and driveways, but there's nobody yep. there. No, no, nobody. Like the houses, yeah. were, the houses were empty. No one around. Yep. I think there was one or two people working at the pub. There was one bloke running the caravan park. Um, yeah. the, the the the, uh, the grocery store was only open you know a couple of hours a day. It was it was it was look in one in one way it was very sad to see it like that. That's right, mate. But you know this is this is what happens, and there's heaps of uh, old town sites around Australia where where there's been a mining boom, and then it's then it's uh, died away, and. On that point, I mean, the next uh, the next location up the road is a place called Lindhurst, and that's the point where the Udenata track spears off to your, to the left, and the Streslecki track actually starts. And if you follow the Streslecki, and the that could be another story, but that goes all the way up to to Inaminka. But um, Lindhurst, uh, just out of Lindhurst, um, there's a turn off. Literally one or about one and a half k out of the the town. It's a turn off on your left, and it's signposted to the Oka, the Oka uh, Cliffs, 
if you drive in there, it's only about 300-metre drive in on a bit of a dirt road, and you come to a big, looks like a quarry, but it's the actual ochre pits that, they used, that the Aboriginals used to use, and they would... They would actually travel thousands of kilometres to mm. come down and get this clay and that to, to adorn themselves with. And the local Aboriginals would trade different things with the, you know, the visitors. So quite a, quite a bit of history there, a little history board that explains that to you. Um, back on the track, continuing north now. Look, a lot of this road now, it used to be unfilled all the way from there. But um, it's supposedly this year, now I haven't been up there because of COVID this year, but supposedly this year, they were going to complete the sealing of it from Lyndhurst all the way through to Maree, and um, which means that there again, any anyone with a, a conventional caravan, uh, a bike, you know, bike clubs, car clubs, anyone now can virtually get all the way up to Maree without having to go onto uh, an unsealed road or being having the fear of being cut off uh, because of rain on those unsealed roads. Maree is. Again, it's the kickoff point for the Birdsville track, and you know people love getting photos of the big signs of, of the Birdsville track. And um, it's also it was a major, um, you know, uh, train depot for the old gun. In fact, the railway station is still in the centre of town, and the fantastic Mari Hotel is directly opposite the train station, and that's that's worth stopping in overnight, mate. Uh, they do great meals. Uh, they've got a fantastic memorial in one of their rooms to the uh, the Birdsville mailman, Tom Cruise, the original Tom Cruise, mm. and um, some, some terrific memorabilia in the Tom Cruise room in the Maori Hotel. Phil Turner, who I've met uh, several times out there, lovely guy. He's done a lot of work to restore the Maori Hotel and, uh, and set up the, the Tom Cruise memorial uh, room. Which is brilliant, and you can, you know, they've got motel accommodation there. You can camp out the back. You've got the old hotel rooms upstairs, and that hotel was built out of the sandstone, which was brought out as ballast in the the boats in the the, the big square riggers that came out in the eighteen hundreds. Mm. Uh, and in fact, if you ask Phil, he can actually show you some of the carvings and the numbers that were put on the the sandstone that is now part of the building. So the history is just incredible, you know. Um, recommend, highly recommend getting a bit of fuel there because your next fuel is 200 kilometres away up at the, the little town of William Creek. Now, you will hit the dirt just outside of Maree and you're, you're on dirt now, mate, for the next 400k, apart from a little strip of bitumen out the front of the uh, of the, the Pink Roadhouse yep. and out the front of the, the William Creek Hotel. But, you know, you're looking at about 400 kilometres of dirt road. To be honest, it's pretty good dirt road. And um, I think therein probably lies the trap for most drivers is that, you know, you just got to be careful that your speed doesn't get up too much on a dirt road mm. because things can change very quickly, as you would know. Yes. And, um, and, you know, you can come into a sweeping bend with a lot of gravel or a bulldust hole on it. And a little bit of, you know, too much momentum and the next thing you know, you're, you're having a moment and we don't want that to happen, of course. Well, it is right. I mean, what you say, I mean, I, I mean, a dirt road, the conditions do change. I mean, the roads, I know it's nowhere near here, but the, say the road from Adele's Grove to yep. to Camerwheel, that, that's, uh, that dirt road there, that will change a, a dozen times. The surface, the, the, the rocks, the... 
you know, the way, just everything. Yeah. Um, Depending on how much traffic it gets, when it was last graded. Yeah. These, often these roads only get graded once a year. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You know? Yeah, and then if you get rain and then people do use it, even though they shouldn't do, they end up with great big wheel ruts in it. And, you know, you get trapped in those and the next minute it pops a tyre and, mm. and all sorts of strikes. So, look, don't rush the trip, you know, and... Um, I mean, people do do this this track in, in conventional vehicles. I reckon it's probably a bit tough on a conventional vehicle, uh, tough on the tyres, tough on the suspension and that. A four-wheel drive, once you lose Marie, is a far more comfortable way to drive. But I'll tell you what, mate, gee, there's some good stuff to see along the way. Um, just out of Marie, there's a place that they call Plain, Plain Henge, and uh, it's a, a sculptor fellow lived out there about 15, 20 years ago. Uh, it starts off with two planes, look like Spitfires, that are standing on their nose, look, looking straight at the ground. It's the weirdest thing you've ever seen, kind of thing. And then there's all these other sculptures uh, stretched down the side of the road over about a kilometre. And um, there's parts of the old Ghanwari line. There's there's aliens that have been made up out of different <laughs> pieces of the vehicles and and old windmills and things. I mean, it's it's. <laughs> That's really wacky because you're out in what is desert country, mm. you know. In the middle of nowhere. Here, mm. In the middle of nowhere. And, mm. and when I say desert country, I mean, it really is. There's no trees. There's no vegetation hardly. Uh, it's pretty dead flat, uh, very sandy type soil. Um, and all along that road is the embankment of the old Garn Railway, railway line. Mm. Um, and as I mentioned, you will have come across the various stone buildings that where the, where the workmen would live or that was a you know, a refuel point for water, etc., and uh, for the trains. Um, you will go past, and this is this is probably the, the one of the highlights, if not the highlight, mate, of the drive. You actually go past Lake Eyre South. So, you know, Lake Eyre, of course, is the largest inland um, dry salt lake that we've got, and it's the third largest salt lake in the world, Lake Eyre. So Lake Air South is a, a smaller section just off the obviously the southern end of it. And it's the only place along the unit out of track that you, you can actually look out over the vast salt pan of Lake Air and get a feel of what it's like. Uh, what I find really intriguing is that you're also at the point where you where the road goes right next to the bay of Lake Air South, is that there's a sign that says you're actually eleven metres below sea level. Mm. <laughs> So you you know, you'll be tapping the old um, the old nav- navigator and saying, What's wrong with the the thing? It's reckons I've gone below sea level. Well you actually have and you are below sea level at that point. And because this wasn't giant inland sea millions of years ago. So um you can stop there and have a look out over the vast salt pan. Now, most of the time it's a shimmering white, which is spectacular to see. But if you're there after rain, uh, it'll be, you know, full of water and uh, that's a pretty interesting thing to see as well. It doesn't happen very often, but if you do see it that way, you know, feel blessed to be able to see it with water in it for sure. Um, the next port of call is, uh, is uh, the, the Mound Springs, which are not far up from Lake Air South. Now, these are hot, hot springs that come up out of the ground and they mound up the ground. And in fact... You drive off the track to the left a little bit uh, to see them, and you can. There's walking um, uh, walkways now that have been put in up around two of the mound springs, the Blanche Cuff and the Bubbler. And the Bubbler is doing exactly that when you get up on top of this mound, which is probably about 30 foot higher than the rest of the the, 
what is like a salt pan that you're on. Um, it's bubbling up. It's probably about or 20, 20 foot wide or, you know, whatever that is, 10, 10 metres wide, something like that, um, with the water bubbling up out of the ground. And now that deposits as that water bubbles up is what deposits around the edge. And that's what mounds up. It takes hundreds of years to build these mound springs. And in fact, you'll see little jump up hills all around you, and they're old, extinct mound springs. In fact, so you know it's it's quite an interesting location. They reckon that that water that comes up out of there actually falls in the New Guinea highlands. Yeah, I have heard that. Eventually, I have heard that. In fact, it might, yeah, have, been you that, it might have been you that told me. <laughs> oh, look, I'm full of stories, but you know I've heard oh, that yeah. one too. Yeah, but they, apparently they've done tests on it. I don't know how they do that, but you know. They, uh, they've worked out that that's all part of that fantastic artesian basin mm. that we've got right through central Australia. Um, so you've got the Mound Springs. You can stay in a little place you know, called Coward Springs, just past the Mound Springs. It's got its own little spring, which they've put some of the old railway sleepers around to make like a spa bath, and it's nice and warm, that water. And uh, it's a small camping ground there, and that's, that's worth stopping there and mm. Spending a couple of dollars with the people that are trying to run that, and there's some camels that they've got round there, as you'll see. Um, a bit of tourism. The next, sorry, a little bit of tourism. A little bit of tourism, yeah, yeah, and they do a great job. Um, just prior to William Creek, there's actually a turn off, which uh, is uh, the road that goes out to ABC Bay, and that is actually on the, the true proper lake air. That's a big drive. Look, that's about a 60-kilometre drive. The road is pretty rough, and I would allow an hour and a half just to get out there on that 60-odd k's. Um, sadly, mate, you actually go past a memorial to a German tourist who perished in the mid-90s out there, and their, their car got stuck in the sand, and uh, they were out there in December, and uh, her partner survived, but she, but she passed away. And it was a, a very sad case because they didn't understand how the forward drive system worked in the vehicle. And if they'd understood how the four dry system had worked, they wouldn't have been bogged at all. Oh. So, and, and we talk about that here in our driver training courses mm. too. You know about mm. being, you know, just understanding how the four dry system does work in your four dry. Uh. You know, just because the lights on doesn't mean there's, uh, you know, the whole thing's engaged, which was the problem in that particular case. So that's a bit of a sobering thought. But you can drive out there. Look at the barren area. I mean, again, there's no trees. You know, there's no. Don't have a, you're not going to have a fireplace at night when I mean, you can camp out there right on the edge of, of uh, Lake Air proper, um, but you're not going to have a, a campfire because there's no firewood around. You know there are no trees, but it's a you can imagine what it's like at night when you're in a pretty much a dead flat plain with a giant salt lake stretching out as far as the eye can see. You can imagine what it's like at night. No interference from any towns or cities for hundreds or thousands of kilometres. The starry, starry night, mate, out there is just something to, to see and, and, and embrace. Um, if you're there on a full moon, that white salt lake reflects that full moon back and it's almost like an iridescent glow. Mm. And, I mean, if you're into a little bit of, you know, time-lapse type photography, man, you can just go berserk out there with that. So while it's a pretty remote and... Uh, Often very windy area, very cold, especially in winter. It's got its own unique attraction for sure. The next little town is William Creek, and oh, I just love William Creek. I spend a lot of time in William Creek, uh, owned by Trevor Wright. The whole place is owned by Trevor Wright. He owns the pub, he owns the, the airstrip, he owns the, the shop in the pub. 
<laughs> and that's about William Creek. So we call him the Lord. Like, oh, mate, who owns Daly Waters? That's all owned by one bloke too. Who I that's, do? That's right. Who yeah. I do think yeah. owns a lot of uh, grocery stores in South Australia, in particular Cooper Pedy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. IGAs yeah. and whatever they're there. The, um, the, anyway, it's another story. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing yeah, well, when you meet these people and they own the town. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it. Oh, yeah. And look, you know, Tre- Trevor's like, he, 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 he deserves to be in Australia of the Year, what, what Trevor's done for tourism out there and his, with the flights that he runs out over Lake Air. And, uh, and this other fantastic place that I've been to. And if anyone's contemplating doing this trip, you've got to allow yourself a, at least a couple of nights in William Creek and do the plane flight, especially do it over Lake Air, but do the one that he's got over the, the place called the Painted Hills. It's a different location to the Painted Desert. Uh, it is on Anna Creek Station. Anna Creek Station's larger than Texas. Not the Americans hate it when you tell them that. Yeah. We've got a cattle station larger than Texas. But this uh, this outcrop, this huge outcrop of painted rock, um, hillsides and that, and in fact, they do a ground tour. They're allowed to land out there. Now. And I've done this a couple of times. And then you can walk around. And it's, made, I, as I've done it a couple of times, it's like you're walking on a completely alien landscape. It's like nothing I've ever seen anywhere else in, in the whole of Australia and, and the travels that I've done all over, you know, to Iceland and Africa and New Zealand and that, that, that area there. That's the next bungle bungle, I reckon. I mean, one day it's all going to take off. Mm. And uh, you heard it here first. Go and see the Painted Hills with Trevor Wright. Do the landing and do the walk around out there because it is just breathtaking. Um, further up and look all along the, the road you've still got the railway line the embankment you've got some of the old stone buildings you've got this great giant uh, railway bridge over over one of the rivers up there um, and you can stop there and see the old E.H. Holden that was trying to cross the, the flooded river by driving on the railway bridge just when the train came <laughs> it's not real good but the wreck is still there um, but then you get into the famous Pink Roadhouse at Udnadatta, originally set up by Adam and Lynn Platt. Um, Adam was killed in a rally uh, a few years ago, and then Linny sold up and she's moved back to Adelaide. But the new people have taken over, doing a great job and maintained the Pink Roadhouse. You can get fuel there, you can get fuel at William Creek. That's 200k Maree to William Creek, 200k on dirt all the way from William Creek to Maree. Uh, sorry, <laughs> that's what I just said. From William Creek to Udnadatta. So mm. 400 kilometres all up from Maori all the way through to Udnadatta. And um, and you can stay there. There's a campground there as well. But most people will go and uh, have an Udna burger, mate, and they are giant. You haven't seen a burger until you've had an Udna burger. What about bigger than um, an Indigali burger? They're bigger. Oh, mate, Ninda Gully Burgers are tiny compared to oh, Ninda no, Burgers. Mate, mate, mate. Ninda Gully Burgers <laughs> feed four people. Oh, okay. Well, look, I, I couldn't eat more than a quarter of mine, and that's how it makes four of me. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they have cream, yeah. buns out, cream buns out there? or No, mate. Sadly, no. No. Actually, now listen, that you've just reminded me. Just just before Marie is the old, the old town of Farina. Yes. And during the winter months, they actually fire up the, the old bakery mm. uh, and the baking ovens, and and you can get your cream buns there, mate. So during about June, July of a normal year, they'll they'll fire that up and they'll they'll get the old oven going and they'll be breaking baking bread. 
Farina's a magic place, and I'm just mm. on so glad I just bought of it because, you know, they've got a lot of the old stone buildings that they've restored, which is all part of the out of track mm. system. There's a great campground down there with, with toilets, etc., and they've got a fantastic Anzac Hill. And that's a, if you want to go somewhere different for Anzac Day, go to Farina and see the service up on the hill yeah, really? at the back of the campground. Oh, mate, it, it is it is phenomenal. I wasn't it is gonna, really good. I wasn't Given you're you, in the middle of nowhere. That's right. Well, I wasn't <laughs> going to let you forget it because I was going to mention to you, you mentioned that railway line to Maree and all that. that. That is what I think, and I'm no history buff, but I... I'm led to believe that is what was the start of the downfall to the township of Farina because it was nowhere near where that railway line was built for, which was Maree. So Maree sort of took out Farina, which caused... Yeah, look, Farina, Farina was pretty big in the late 1800s, but mm. uh, but as the railway line pushed forward and Maree became more of a major town. Mm, that's right, um, yeah. So, you know, it, it still existed, but it wasn't as important as what it originally was. It's yeah. an amazing place. And yeah. the volunteers down there at Farina, when you, you talk about Farina, it's, it's just a town of ruins. But the, the way they've done it and the volunteers that have been involved there and and you can walk into the old buildings and... And it, it gives you the history of that actual building you're standing in. Like in one, one place, at yeah. one point it might have been a bank and then it was a house and, you know, you walk in the old police station and some of the other old places, it tells you who lived there. And then obviously yep. you talk about that bakery and I was lucky enough to be there when the bakery, when that was open. And that had, yeah. had a marquee set up, you know, above ground obviously, the the, uh, the yeah. marquee. And, yep. and plenty of people pulled up in there and buying some, you know, bread and rolls and, Cakes and, and, and like pies. Way, it's in it's the amazing. middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. It's incredible. It really yeah. is. It's it, it really is. <laughs> but it, but it's hats off to the um, to the volunteers because the place is just uh, that's what that's what keeps it going. And the fact that they're you know restoring those ruins to some degree to, to uh, and and providing things like the the history and the storytelling on the plaques and things like that. And then you. You mentioned that campground, which is an absolute cracker. That is a yes. that is yeah. a great campground. That campground there, and, and anyone travelling along in that area, um, you'd be a fool not to camp there because it's just it's just out there, and like you say, in the middle of absolutely nowhere. It's a uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a great yeah. part of the world um, out, out around there, all through there. That Lee Creek, Cape oh, Lee Farina, it's just yeah, beautiful. Say, mate, it's one of my favourite treks to do, and yeah. Um, yeah, there is just so much to see. Uh, the, the next section of it, with the last 240-odd k's, as you head from Oonadatta across to the Stewart Highway uh, to the town of Marla, uh, probably not as spectacular because the railway line twists to the north from there. And, and if you do follow that, you end up getting up to the Downhouse Springs and then the mm. start of the, the crossing of the Simpson Desert. And eventually, you know, you can also keep going up to Mount Deer. And I think we talked about the... The, uh, the old Garn Railway line in one of our yeah, stories, uh, yeah, the Garn track coming down from from uh, Alistair Fink recently too, didn't we? Yeah, that's you know, So that all links in, you know. Mm. Um, but look, it's a great drive. You want to allow quite a few days and soak it up and st- stop in these places we've mentioned, try and camp out, even though it might be pretty desolate and cold and that, but you know, camping out at, at ABC Bay uh, on Lake Air especially if you time your trip with a full moon, you know, that, that, that'll be memories forever. Mm. And please, please, do do the flight over Lake Air, do the flight particularly over the Plains Hills and the landing because it's like nothing I've ever seen before. It mm. just, just blow you away. 
Yeah, when you get to the end near the Stewart Highway, there's a good roadhouse there, Vic, and you can camp behind that as well. You can, yeah. I've stopped in the mail of roadhouse. Yes, yeah, so I've been yeah. camped there one night, pulled in in the pulled Got in a great the, bistro. I, yeah. I'll never forget one one night. One night we were there, and a um, a car drove in to the motel. You could hear it coming. It had three flat tyres. <laughs> and and made its way to the motel and they got out of the car and thought, oh, we might as well fix that in the morning and sort it out. Went straight in, went to bed. And the next morning we could hear clang, clang, clang and it was they drove off with the three flat tyres. <laughs> so there you go. They're pretty, pretty casual out there. But, they must um, have forgot that they had them. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, they made enough noise. But, yeah, it's a fantastic uh, it's a fantastic little region all through there. It's a, that's a good road trip, Victor. You're on, you're on fire this week, mate. Yeah, look, as I say, it's a bit of a four wheel drive trip part of it. You know, part up to Marie, you can do it in a conventional vehicle. But it's one that we just, you know, we want to share because it, it's just great. And um, getting out and seeing Australia, mate, I can't think of anything better to do, to be honest. When's the, the perfect time of year, the middle of the year? If you were planning to do the Udnadana track now, what would be the latest you would leave, if you think? Mate, I, I wouldn't be going any later than. Um, October, right, and yeah. early October because it's starting to get really yeah, hot. exactly. And and the big problem, not just with the heat, is the flies. The flies mm. come back. Mm. Earlier, early, you know, the, the next time, look, Good point, you can start trapping up in May. Mm. Um, it's still very warm and the flies can be really, really bad in May. Mm. You've really got to wait till those June cold nights come in yep. and they knock the flies down. So to be honest, around, around the July-August period, is probably the best time to travel in that, that particular section, I reckon, mate. Yeah, and, and then a lot, obviously a lot of people try and include that as part of a Simpson Desert uh, crossing, which if you haven't done that now, I mean, do you, you haven't got long, have you? <laughs> we, we, we do that. When, I've been doing the Simpson Desert Safari Tour, what we call it, since 1992. I reckon we've probably done 100 of those trips over the years. And um, they go up the Udinata track and then across the Dalhousie and then back across the, the desert to uh, to Birdsville and then down to Inamankar and then down through Cameron's Corner and back to Broken Hill. It's a great big circuit that we do. Mm. It's one of our most popular tours and yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, and, and you and what and you do that what June, July? Yeah, we do that in the July school holidays. That one, mm, yeah. fantastic. We used to do it in the August. Sorry, used to do it in the October. Uh, holidays as well, mm. but we stopped doing it because, again, like I said, mate, it's just, especially out in the Simpson, it just gets too hot, mm. and uh, it becomes um, uncomfortable. And uh, you know, we, you, the idea is to enjoy it, not not be worried about your health because yeah. it can get that hot that you you can get affected. Yeah, you, know? you tend to overheat vehicles and things too, and the really hot yeah, and things that's like right. that because you're not travelling. Um, <coughs> you're not travelling at the at highway speed, especially on dirt and sand. So. Uh, yeah, so a bit tougher, but uh, all right, Vic. Well, a good one this week, mate. That's a fantastic road right. trip, and I'm sure plenty of people will be tuning into that. And just you could picture all of those locations to stop off along the way. I know you're a huge fan of William Creek, and um, so yep. the big must do for you there is certainly take the joy flight. And listen, I just want to say um, a, a bit of a cheerio to, you, to a mate of yours and mine, to, to Ian, to Ian Gibbs. Mm. Uh, he's been texting me through the week saying that he's been driving his truck and mm. or he's four driving or what he's driving something anyway. Good man, Gibbs. He must have been put must have been putting away a few kilometres because he says, "Oh, I'm listening to the Great Ocean Road podcast. Oh, I'm listening to the one about from the Bolt Way," and, mm. and he's been going through the podcast. So good on you, Ian, mate. And, it's good, it's good to know someone. It's good to know. We knew we'd find our <laughs> listener, 
and who yeah, tunes in. There he is. He's a good man yeah, too, Gibbs. He's bought himself a new yeah. van too. I think it's, it's a JB van or something. It's a yeah. He's bought a JB caravan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice he gets out there. Yeah. Him and his wife. And he takes the grandkids and stuff occasionally. And yeah. He's a good man, Gibbs. He and I used to think he was your imaginary friend, Ian Gibbs. That's <laughs> right. In the early days, five six mm. years ago. Yeah, yeah, I thought, mate, who is this Ian you keep talking about? And yeah, uh, then I yeah. found out he was actually a mate of Rob Coldy's as well. And then yeah. and, now, and, and now he's obviously a mate of mine as well. So he's a good bloke. <laughs> and he gets out there. And the good part is, I mean, he loves it. So Anya gives you yeah. while you're driving along in that truck, mate. Stay tuned to us. We'll, we'll, yeah. Just don't doze he's off. He's doing the right thing, mate. He's doing the right thing. Yeah, he's, a yeah. good, he's a good man, mate. All right, Victor. Well, that's a good well, one. I'm going to go and fire up the fireplace. And uh, because be, I'm down here at the training centre at Braven. A bit of a cool change is coming. Yeah, so it's playing through here too. It's just playing through here as well. So there you go. It's yeah, quick. There you go. All right, there All he right, is. That, that is the great Vic Widman from Great Divide Tours. And if you want to jump on any of those trips, you just go to 4wd.net.au. That is the website, 4wd.net.au. And, um, and Vic will certainly uh, look after you there. He runs trips all over the place uh, and in Australia in normal times without border closures. Arnhem Land, Barrington Tops, the Canning Stock Route, Cape York, Corner Country, the Kimberleys, how good would that be? Flinders Ranges. He even runs trips overseas, New Zealand, Africa. But back here, the Simpson Desert Trip, which he just mentioned then, does them down the Snowy Mountains, the South Coast, Stockton Beach, and, of course, the High Country, which I know... He's probably up there with his favourite. But you need to go to that website. If you want to get into that and go away with people with a bit of knowledge and a bit of know-how, you need to get on the Great Divide Tours. And it is headed up, of course, by our man Vic. And uh, like we say, he's, uh, his tag-along tours are the best in the country. They don't come any better. And that's because he's been doing it for so long. And if you're unsure, if you're just getting into your four-wheel drives, you want some driver training, same website, 4wd.net.au. Even for you blokes who think you know it all, you can get in and do the advanced course. Um, there's nothing stopping you getting down there. You're never never too good just to learn something extra. So you need to get onto it. It's a very professional course run by Vic and his team down there at Braidwood. It's a fantastic facility. and uh, It's an outstanding four-wheel drive training centre. It's probably the best in the country. You'll learn how to drive your four-wheel drive in all types of terrain. So get onto that. Four-wheel drive courses, camper trailer courses as well. If you're just getting into your camping and bought yourself an off-road trailer, you're a bit unsure about things, he runs courses for that. And what's talking about doing one of those camp cooking workshops down there? He does a bit of that. He used to do that before. We'll get him onto that as well. And they do everything there, survival workshops as well as photography courses. And it is an A-grade facility at Braidwood. Great Divide Tours. You can just type that into Google. Or you can certainly just uh, go to the website, 4wd.net.au. And if you want to know what we're talking about, you can jump on the YouTube channel, the, the new, I was going to say new and improved, but it's not improved because it's new. Vic Widman, you just type that into uh, YouTube. Vic Widman, W-I-D-M-A-N. Go on there and subscribe to that and you'll, you'll see plenty of tips, plenty of information and a little bit of humour thrown in as well. Now, as you know, we do this podcast in partnership with Top Parks. And why wouldn't we? Because Top Parks all over Australia are making holidays affordable again. With Australia's largest choice of holiday parks in every corner of this great country, Top Parks offer the perfect place to pull up, relax and start exploring. Book a self-contained cabin where you can park right outside your front door or you can pull up to your very own site with your caravan or motorhome or camper trailer in tow. There's a Top Parks holiday for absolutely any budget. And thanks to Top Parks, to the Good Age Rewards membership, whether you're staying in a cabin or towing your van, 
All over the country, you can save even more money on every stay. With wide open spaces, plenty of fresh air as well, and more parks in more places, you'll want to do just that, pop in and say good day. To find out more or to book, just go to the website, topparks.com.au. They certainly do have parks all over the country, and uh, no matter where, where no matter where you are, you certainly won't be disappointed. Check out the G'day's Reward membership uh, packages as well. Go and do yourself a favour, sign up. You won't regret doing that. Go to the website right now, topparks.com.au. And in light of that, this week we are going to look at a caravan park which is nowhere near the Union Data track. I thought we'd go a bit of luxury this week. I thought we'd go way over west. And hopefully, not depending on when you're listening to this podcast, because currently the Western Australian border is closed. But it'll open one day, and when you do get over there, you can get over to the carrying up, I hope I've got this right, water park over there, resort. Uh, but the lovely Laura from Top Parks is on the line to tell us all about it. Laura, g'day. G'day. How are we doing? I'm going all right. Is it carrying up? Is that how you pronounce that? Oh, you're so close. Carrying up. Okay. Well, I was close. It's, you were close. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> but this is an absolute cracker, this park. I've got to tell you now, I think this is the best one that you've come up with. This is an absolute beauty. I've got to oh, say, no. so it's so just so carrying up waters yep, resort. Up waters resort, that's the one. And that is exactly what it is. Um, and look, I, I encourage people to get on there. K A R I N Y U P. There you go. That's how you spell it. Waters resort. And this is a top park, and uh, in more ways than one. But this is a beauty. How far away are you from that park area along the river? How far is it from there over in Perth? Um, it's a little way. So it's in a, a suburb called uh, Swellup. Yep. Um, so they're only, they're four k's uh, from the beach. So, and they're about 15 k's just north of the actual Perth city centre itself. Yeah, right, so okay. So on that park area where they hold like the four-wheel drive and adventure show, that's a bit of a hike? Uh, which I think's, which yes, I th- further back to the city, yes. Yeah, right. So how far from there do you think it would be? But not that far. Oh, not that far at all because that's on the other side of the city, so maybe 16k at a stretch. <laughs> oh, mate, because next time I come over for that show, I'm asking you this for a good reason because next time I come over there, I will come and stay here. I will, stay, I will stay at this place because it looks fantastic. It's got a, it's got a huge accommodation options, doesn't it? It's huge. Now, so these guys um, are second generation, so now it's uh, Jason and the team are onto it now. It used to be his mum and dad's park. Um, and now we're not allowed to have favourite parks. So I feel like they're all my children. Um, but this one certainly is uh, very, very close to my heart. They've um, done a wonderful job over the years. They've come up against um, a few a few dilemmas, but they have always persevered, uh, and guest satisfaction is absolutely at the top of the list. Oh, I can understand why. I mean, let's look, look, look let's have a look at the accommodation before we talk about the things like the <laughs> restaurant that's on site. But but we're talking like two bedroom family cabins, and there's two bedroom t- two bedroom deluxe, then there's a two bedroom superior, two bedroom standard, then you've got the one bedroom family with veranda. Then there's one without the veranda, obviously. Open plan, family cabins, as well as, um, I like this, motel lakeside. So you've got motel, like motel type accommodation right mm-hmm. on the lake. Yeah, that's it. So they've got uh, a lake on the property there. Yeah, it's itself. A, and, and it just looks so big because there are two 
huge swimming pools, or one of them is a spa, but even that's got to be the biggest spa I think I've ever seen. Plus, plus we haven't even spoken about the caravan sites either yet. How big is this park? Uh, I don't actually know off the top how big it is across. It is Um, huge though, isn't it? It's huge. It is is really, really big. Um, And it's in the... um, in like the residential area up in Gwellup there. So it's super quiet, uh, really family-orientated area, lots of beautiful paths and bike paths all around the place as well on the outside of the park. Yeah. Um, I think that it's relatively close to the city centre and, yeah, only 4 k's from the beach. Yeah. Uh, it's a perfect spot to set up camp. Oh, absolutely. And, and very, very kid-friendly. I mean, you can just see, I'm looking at the website, and they're just everywhere. There's kids riding bikes, playing in the <laughs> playgrounds. It's got the jumping pillow. Now, look, uh, and the playground looks like an absolute cracker too with a big sand pit and all that stuff that kids can just get in there and you can kick back while the kids are entertaining themselves there. But the one thing I do like is KW Cafe, which offers a unique dining experience for everybody. So you just go down and, in, and, and kick back in a fully licensed restaurant on the premises. And it's so perfectly located where I know that you will appreciate this. From the restaurant, you can look out directly out to the new playground Mm. and then up on top there's the deck where that's the license area and it's beautiful and open and you overlook the pools and the entire park. Oh, how good is that? And the pools are just enormous. I I mean, the swimming (laughs) pools are a massive – I mean, they are absolutely huge. And um, then you've got a lap pool as part of that. And then when you've had a swim or if you want to have a spa first, it, ha- it would have to be the biggest heated spa I think I've ever seen. It's huge. It is. It is really big and at a, a uh, absolutely perfect 36 degrees. Yeah. Oh, that? Now, look, there's a playing field. with, with is, this, is the playing field in the park as well? Uh, yes. Yeah, it is. So it's... um. 2,000 square metres, it's off to the side there, um, yep. so they haven't had to do anything um, redevelopment-wise at that point. But, yeah, because everything, there's so many facilities in the park for the kids, yep. uh, sometimes you just got to run them out and they want to kick a ball and have fun. <laughs> so run them they out. Can run them out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, kick back, enjoy yourself in the cafe. Yeah, ab- uh, absolutely. No, this is a, this is an absolute cracker. I cannot believe the size of the swimming pool, plus the fact that it's got the lap pool. But you know, the playing field's good because you know you might want to get the kids together for a game of cricket, and you hook up or kick a footy around and all that. So there's plenty of room to do that. So if you're going to head up there, uh, make sure you do that. Now, for people that that travel and and um, and have their conferences and things like that for work um, and little meetings, you've got a conference room there, which is a great spot for not just business, but also for school groups as well. Yeah, certainly. And as well for the caravan clubs and, and things like that as well, they've got mm. to hold their AGM annually um, and uh, their regional meetings and things like that. So it's a great place in that instance. You can sort of um, find somewhere that's nice and quiet, it's well set up, uh, and they can have different configurations in that room as well, depending on how many people you've got. Yep. Um, yeah, they've, they've really sort of come into their own uh, and they are just an absolute uh, credit to, to Jason and the team there. Yeah, and they certainly do cater for people who are towing the caravan and, of course, um, or just camping in tents. There is a, a, a huge range of powered sites and as well as powered sites for tents and 
uh, camper trailers. Um, nice shady trees as well. It's pretty warm over there. The shades, shade can become a bit of a luxury. Um, it certainly can in that perfect heat, especially sort of over that summer period where we mm. get those 40 degree weeks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if people want to check it out, they just need to go to topparks.com.au and you'll find this park because it's an absolute cracker. And um, look, I think um, I think what's happening at the moment is because people aren't travelling too much interstate, uh, I'm tipping if you're in, listening to us over in the west and you're looking for somewhere to go um, not too far away for uh, a bit of a holiday in summertime, this would be this would be the place. It's just unbelievable. I still cannot believe the size of the spa and the swimming pool <laughs> and the fact that it's got its own lake on site. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is certainly incredibly unique. Um, they've it, just everything down to the, the, the site allocation. So um, you've got plenty of space to put your car next to you. You've got your space to put your awning out. You want to put a little clothes hoist, no stress. Uh, and then you've got the um, the greenery groves between each one of the sites as well. So you've got your own privacy and you're not, you're not feeling as though you're crammed in by any stretch. Mm. And you can utilise your site how you see fit. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, beautiful complimentary lounges around that pool as well, so you can kick back and relax and and just take it all in. It's fantastic. No wonder you think this is one of your favourites. I think the upstairs deck on the um, <laughs> KW Cafe is probably what you're talking about, here, Laura. Yeah, have you that, been up there? Uh, have you I been? have. I was there when it was um, when it was getting built. Um, I got up to get it, had a squeeze, and I've been there since and, and had a meal upstairs, and it is. It's just perfect. You, you could not expect uh, anything better. Oh, happy days! All right. So you pronounce it because you do it. You do it. Um, you do it better than I do. You live over there, so just so I don't stuff it up. This park is called the Karanut Waters Resort. There it is. So you can find that on the Top Parks website, uh, right there. So well done, Laura. You've picked a good one this week, and I, I know where our road trip was actually the Udnadatta. Uh, road track, uh, road trip through the Udnadatta track in South Australia. But I thought, you know what? Let's look at it. Let's start exploring some parks as we lead into Christmas. And as we get along, we might even uh, have an extended thing where we can throw a couple of parks each podcast in and gives people some options as they look for accommodation uh, with the school holidays coming up, and of course the Christmas holidays as well. So we want to give yeah. we want to give people as many options as we can um, because look, I think with overseas travel. On the burner at the moment, there's going to be a, a, a huge um, demand on holiday parks and tourist parks and the like because uh, everyone's holidaying at home. So caravan yep. sales are up. You should be very happy about that, Laura. They are. I've, I've had some amazing, um, amazing things. And uh, there is a bit of a wait, though, on some of those sales. I think they were talking about how um, if you place an order now, you, you sort of are looking at, um, May, June next year for, for actual delivery on your product, mm. which is is just crazy. So obviously then secondhand vans and uh, all those sorts of things are, are flying um, out the doors, which is which is great, obviously, for our industry. And it's great that people are getting out and reconnecting with their families, getting out of the four walls of a home, mm. um, getting out on the road and experiencing our beautiful country. Yeah, it is good. It is good. And we just, and like we say every week, and we're getting better, though, in Victoria, um, mm -hmm. we're, the, you know, we're heading in the wrong, depending, obviously the podcast is not dated, so depending on when you're listening to this, um, we are heading in the right direction over there. It's been a very tough year for everybody, but in particular Victoria and those and those people in Victoria. And you bear in mind too that, that we've had 
families lose lose loved ones through all of this. It's just been absolutely devastating. Um, businesses struggling, and of course, and those businesses include caravan parks. And it's just been an absolute hor- horrific year, and we can't wait for twenty twenty mm-hmm. to be over. And we feel for everybody that's been affected by it. It's just terrible. But in Victoria, and um, we certainly uh, hope that we can you can travel. I, I notice there's some easing on re- restrictions down there for rural Victoria. So hopefully they'll be able to get out soon and and travel around and um and and and, and get out and see see their own state. I've noticed in my travels that there are many people now, Laura, who are, because of border restrictions, travelling um, within their own state and going to places that they would never have normally visited. And I'm tipping this will be right for people in Western Australia as well. Uh, yeah. Although, although they can travel now, but, um, but, but, but for others who, like New South Wales, for instance, uh, and in, in Queensland too, I, I met a lot of people when I was up there who were going to places in Queensland, like they're actually Queenslanders, that they mm-hmm. never thought they would ever go to because they'd normally go to Bali or they would go on an yeah. overseas holiday. So that is all That's on the... You, you, and you did mention, Laura, the, the used caravans. I'm tipping that uh, the, the second-hand vans will probably hold their value a little bit when you're looking at waiting times like that. I know one particular caravan manufacturer, sale and orders are up 300%. It's amazing. Yeah. So, and so, it's across the board. So, it's, um, it, it's been amazing to watch it too, um, mm. to, to see those businesses that have, that have been struggling. And, and it has a massive flow-on effect, as you said. Um, mm. It's not just caravan park operators. It's, it's everybody in tourism and oh. then the tourism that supports the um, the local chemists and the greengrocer. Yeah, it that's all, right. It, it's a, a huge flow-on effect. So anything that we can do, we will do. Mm. Um, and our, our parks are, are ready, those that are open. Um, they're opening with open arms and, and would love people to come out and, and see every single uh, park in the country would be fabulous and get out there and, and spend time with your family because that's the most important thing. Mm, um, is that your security that, guard, is it, in the background? That's my boy. He was doing so well up until this point. <laughs> he's, um, he's, uh, oh, very he's good. caught his attention, heaven forbid. Oh, <laughs> very, very good. All right. Well, on that note, Laura, we'll leave you right where you are with your security guard. And I've got one of those here as well. What I do is whenever I record anything in our studio at home, I make sure I feed him well. And that gets oh. him pretty quiet just before. So so on the days that we do things here, when we record, they're his favourite days because he gets a little bit extra to eat and then he has a little sleep. So, um, because, oh, oh well, he, well, not asleep, but he's just not, especially, it depends on the time of day, especially if we're doing anything around his you know, he's dinner time. He's like clockwork. He will start. So, uh, so we look after him that way because they're, they're, but you know what? They're all part of it. They're, they're part of the deal. That's yeah. it. Well, no, look, I think you'll be very happy that you told me that because now I might have to, uh, to start our own little tradition up of some extra treats and snacks while we do a podcast. <laughs> That's it. Little tip for you. All righty. Well, well done. It's a great park. This one's an absolute cracker for anyone that's heading to Perth. And you're looking at if you you know, and once the um, obviously when we say heading to Perth, once the borders open and you can head to Perth, and you cross the Nullarbor, get over there from the east. And if you're heading to Perth, make sure you check out this place. It's an absolute cracker, and you need to jump onto the website topparks.com.au, and you'll find that one there, and a whole lot of other caravan parks and holiday tourist parks um, that go along with it. They're absolutely everywhere. More parks in more places. We'll talk to you next week, Laura. 
sounds fabulous. Can't wait for it. Good on you there. She is a lovely Laura, and she's, what a great job she has there looking after the parks over there in the west and a little bit all over the place as well and um, certainly very passionate about what she does, like everybody at Top Parks. And as you know, this, uh, although we are in partnership with Top Parks with this show, uh, we're also sponsored by BF Goodrich, and this year BF Goodrich celebrates their milestone 150th year. So if you're about to set up your van or your four-wheel drive or your car, make sure you put BF Goodrich tyres on. You won't be getting too many flats, I can tell you. They are certainly the uh, the best tyres I've ever run on my vehicles. From humble beginnings in 1870, believe it or not, BF Goodrich continues to be passionately performance-driven. The BF Goodrich brand was built for driving enthusiasts by driving enthusiasts. BF Goodrich strive to continually improve tyre performance and because of their adventurous spirit, they've always encouraged people to seek the ultimate freedom on or off the roads. BF Goodrich, of course, has achieved victory in the biggest races across the country from the success at Le Mans to the BAHA 1000, the Dakar Rally and, of course, our very own famous Fink Desert Race right here in Australia. It's time for BF's history to uh, be a part of your future. Choose how you want to drive with BF Goodrich tyres. Go to the website, bfgoodrich.com.au and once you do that, you will certainly find your... um, local dealer, they are all over the place. So get onto that website, bfgoodrich.com.au, and 150 year history, it's amazing. And um, you've got to remember, like way back in 1914 and 1915, BF Goodrich was the first tyre manufacturer to win the Indianapolis 500 two years in a row. They've been around for a long, long time. And the one that gets me, of course, was they actually fitted the tyres to the 1981 to the Space Shuttle Columbia. You want to be pretty good tyres there, that is for sure. Well, that is our road trip this week. The Udnadatta track and, of course, that fantastic water resort. They're not caravan parks anymore, are they? They certainly are holiday villages, tourist parks. Uh, they certainly are out there, over there in the west. And uh, if you want to know any more about any of the parks available to you at Top Parks, jump onto that website, topparks.com.au, and make sure you get on and sign up for the G'day Rewards membership, whether you're staying in a cabin or towing your caravan across the country, you can save even more money on every stay and, of course, take advantage of their partnerships that they have. They have plenty of partners involved, so G'day Rewards is a fantastic membership to be a part of. Get hold, get hold of that, go to the website, check it out for yourself or book yourself that little holiday topparks.com.au. We'll be back to do it all again next week. Thanks for tuning in to Road Trips Australia. We hope you've enjoyed it. And if you happen to see us out somewhere between now and next week, make sure you come up and say good day.